0: You're listening to Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. The United States' ongoing war on terror at home and overseas has been in the news a lot lately. So has our relationship with a number of countries in the Middle East. President Trump recently made some moves that put in question the future of our nuclear deal with Iran, and there are plenty of questions. About whether he will be able to handle the delicate process of Middle East diplomacy. Joining us now to talk about the swirling issues in the Middle East as they relate to the countries there as well as to the United States is Yona Jeremy Bob. He is the intelligence, terrorism, and legal analyst. For the Jerusalem Post, Yona, uh, welcome to Detroit today. Great to be here, and welcome to Detroit. Uh, you're in town today to give uh, a speech, the the annual. Uh, speech for the Jewish Community Relations Council. That right,
1: right? A, to a group of uh, people uh, in the media. And I'm, I'm uh, halfway through in a, t- a two-and-a-half-week tour, so I'm feeling stronger now oh, than I was a few you days go. ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I, I, I want to start with uh, with Iran, uh, which sure. has been in the, in the news, uh, because the president has said, hey, I don't think this was a good deal to begin with. I don't think it's a deal... That is being managed well, or uh, that Iran is is respected. and I want to do something different. But he hasn't really come out and said what that different would look like. Right. And that's I think very frustrating to people here who uh, I think had sort of settled expectations about that deal, whether they liked it or didn't. I'm really curious though, in the Middle East, uh, for for people who live there and the countries there, is it unsettling? Uh, as it is here. In other words, to have the president sort of throw that into limbo without specifics about, hey, here's what here's what I think we should do differently.
1: Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, especially when we're talking about Israel, there's never one perspective. Uh, there's, there's multiple ones. Certainly, the Netanyahu government um, was probably the loudest, along with Saudi Arabia, opposing the deal and mm-hmm. wanting to highlight what they saw as Uh, holes, including like the sunset provisions that the nuclear restrictions on Iran would expire after around 8 to 10 years, Mm -hmm. Uh, the fact that ballistic missile testing wasn't part of the deal, and uh, the fact that uh, Iranian behavior in in the region and uh, Yemen, uh, Syria, Iraq uh, wasn't included. That's only one side, though. It's very interesting that the Israeli defense establishment um, sort of stayed quiet coming up to the deal, but after the deal said, you know... Some of this is good because mm-hmm. we were spending hundreds of millions of dollars keeping a day-to-day operational capability to hit Iranian nuclear facilities if need be, and now we don't need to do that, mm-hmm. um, even if it might be a threat at some point. So uh, we're glad that we can spend that money in other ways uh, defending the country. Now, you know, what about what Trump is doing right now? So it's interesting. There's a convergence, I'd say, between the Israeli uh, defense establishment And some national security experts, I was just speaking with former CIA Director Michael Hayden last week, that what Trump ended up doing, even if some people said, well, it might have been better if he hadn't uh, decertified that it might actually be useful Mm -hmm. because what he's sort of done is put a little bit of a loaded gun on the table and given Congress sort of an opportunity. It doesn't look like Congress is actually going to do anything right now and the deal is going to stay together right now. But there's sort of this loaded gun and opportunity. Maybe now uh, the Europeans uh, will come on board to help pressure Iran- not necessarily on getting rid of the deal, but on ballistic missile testing, on Mm -hmm. its behavior in the region. And that could be a positive that everybody would like uh, across the spectrum, certainly in Israel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do do you feel like uh, the unpredictable nature of this president, which (laughs) I think is reflected somewhat in that in that issue of the Iran deal, Talk about how that's being received in the Middle East, which is a volatile place yeah. and has counted for a long time on consistency, if nothing else, from the United States as a way of uh, sort of, I guess, settling again expectations. At least, uh, what 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 do you guys make of of our president?
1: I mean, there's like anything else. There's 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 good and there's bad. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, I'll start again with, and I'm not representing anyone in particular. Sure, I'm, sure. A, yeah, I'm a journalist. <laughs> but uh, summarizing, the Netanyahu government overall likes Trump's tone. Mm-hmm. They like that, you know, when there's a controversy that comes out, he seems to take Israel's side more than Obama would. Although, um, to be fair, Netanyahu always said that Obama was excellent in terms of supporting Israel in terms of defense and intelligence capabilities. Um, but let's say they're more on the same wavelength uh, about Iran. On the other hand, uh, Trump famously leaked um, Israeli intelligence to yes. Russia. Yes, There were a lot of angry people in Israel about that. The government itself didn't say how it really felt out loud, but mm-hmm. I can tell you speaking to former Mossad chiefs and other people <laughs> like that, people were really pissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and he uh, was
0: sort of careless with the whole thing too.
1: Yeah, and and, and it's not even that um, it was like, you know, sort of a, a policy uh, choice uh, per se. It's sort of, you know, this spontaneous sort of learning um, learning on the, on the job, so there's things like that. There's um, there was when he made a, a speech with a Rafiq Hariri, the prime minister of Lebanon. He said something about um, uh, how, sort of how he described the relationship between him and Hezbollah. He didn't seem to understand that Hezbollah, which the United States and Israel regard as a terrorist organization, is mm-hmm. part of the Lebanese government. Mm-hmm. So the, the, I would say that overall, um, Israel is still very happy. Um, not getting into US domestic politics, but very happy with uh, Trump's tone towards Israel, um, that he's a clear supporter of Israel. The personal chemistry between Netanyahu and Trump is palpable. Um, but uh when when he goes uh off <laughs> off, off off the uh, script, off script right? <laughs> um, it can make people uncomfortable for sure yeah
0: uh, this is Detroit today on 1019 WDET i'm Stephen henderson my guest is yona jeremy bob he's the intelligence terrorism and legal analyst for the jerusalem post uh, we're talking about Uh, the the issues that are swirling in the Middle East, uh, the issues that are swirling between uh, Israel and the United States, uh, between the United States and other countries in the Middle East. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page. Put your comments there, go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, I I, want to talk about something that you've written recently uh, about the nature of homegrown terrorism uh, and the difference between that homegrown terrorism here in the United States and in Europe. You seem to take the view that uh, it's worse here than in Europe. Right. I,
1: I think you're talking about an article I did with uh, Roger Perino, yes. commissioner of Homeland uh-huh. Security in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he said that uh, basically if the biggest threat in Europe is foreign fighters mm-hmm. returning, I think the numbers were estimated somewhere maybe even you know, 15,000, um, that might be a little bit high, but thousands of uh, you know, Europeans, mm-hmm. so they have EU citizenship, they went off to Iraq and Syria to fight with ISIS, And now a bunch of them are coming back. Um, So that's sort of like their nightmare scenario is what's going to happen with these people. And in the United States, that's less of an issue, right? Because there's this big ocean in between. So less people. (laughs) There were some volunteers for ISIS, but not as many. Um, But there's a huge, you know, homegrown uh, terror problem here. It seems like the Las Vegas attack um, was, you know, just a you know, very disturbed person. I mean, look, one problem uh, in, in this country is uh, the availability of guns mm-hmm. and the availability of the types of guns. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, that, that, you know, that was definitely what uh, he was saying is the, the threat of homegrown terrorism. Um, and you could have, you know, uh, lone wolves <laughs> who could be... I mean, one thing that ISIS creamed Al-Qaeda at... Mm-hmm was reaching out around the world al-qaeda was like we have this elite group and we're only going to pick like the best and you have to you know pass through all of our hazing in order to be part of al-qaeda <laughs> and isis says we are available to everywhere well, you know we're democratic terrorists we want to reach out to the entire world and inspire you know even you know 13 year olds in uh, detroit or paris or wherever so that they also can grab a kitchen knife or grab their you know parents car and drive it into the and it's uh I mean, in in some ways, this is you know the most dangerous time we've ever lived in. Globalization and the internet are fantastic right. when they work for positives, but I think you know Facebook and Google and Twitter and all of us are seeing that all of these things can be you know a- abused and end up being turned into weapons. So uh, one thing that, that Israel has started to do, uh, the, the Shin Bet, which is sort of the Israeli FBI, but a little bit more powerful because uh, the constitution's a little bit uh, less strong about privacy in mm-hmm. Israel. Um, but it, it's helped them stop a lot of terrorists. They've basically been using algorithms um, for uh, following people on social media, and they've caught a bunch of uh, uh, terror attacks that were sort of in motion mm-hmm. um, by following some of these things. I think you're going to start to see that more in other countries. It's a confusing issue, right. because you don't want, you know, it was the, the movie with Tom Cruise Minority Report. Yes. You don't want people <laughs> arresting you for something that you thought but in you your you brain, but, but you might do, but you <laughs> Um, but they uh, come up with, you know, sort of a set of standards uh, that you know, not just based on sort of uh, guessing, but after interrogating people and people explaining to them why they terrorists, you know, why they did what they did. Um, they've used that information, you know, concrete information about people's experiences to sort of figure some of this out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I I also wonder what uh, what you're making in Israel of the news about ISIS. Uh, last week this idea that uh that we've essentially won uh the the i guess the 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 war against that group and displaced them from uh, the seat of authority that they had uh i I've been surprised that it hasn't gotten more attention here or more excitement here uh, but I'm wondering how that looks uh in the Middle East itself
1: so Number one, obviously, Israel is excited that ISIS is either on the run or or gone in terms of having power in Iraq and Syria. As soon as ISIS became like a major player and was taking territory, it was, you know, the first time in a while that Israel started to worry again about there could actually be an army which would really try to invade Israel, mm-hmm. right? When we have now uh, with, you know, when uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon or Hamas in Gaza go to war with Israel... We need to worry about rocket attacks, um, sometimes thousands, and that, that is dangerous. It could, you know, could kill hundreds of civilians, It displaces people um, from their homes, but they don't actually have armies that could really invade Israel. And sure. that, that, so that was the first worry from ISIS. So on that hand, Israel is thrilled. Mm-hmm. That that's like something that's removed. On the other hand, and this is a point that you'll hear uh, more and more, uh, hopefully it'll, it's a point uh, that they'll uh, be making more in the United States, there's a concern about a vacuum. So Iran and Hezbollah have started to try to build up a basically new front with Israel inside Syria. Mm-hmm. said, Well, Assad, right, the head of the Syrian regime, we helped you out. So now we're cashing in. Um, and they, you know, to the extent that they want to be able to make trouble for Israel, both from the Lebanese side and the Syrian side. Um, whenever you might hear uh, about an Israeli air force plane striking uh, something you know a truck or with weapons or something like that in Lebanon and Syria that's some of what's going on there were actually just on Saturday um, several rockets fired into Israel from the Syrian side and Israeli intelligence at least says that this was possibly under orders from Iran and Hezbollah so that's something that the uh, Israel is hoping that the Trump administration keeps an eye on as there's you know sort of Uh, working out with uh, Russia, what's going to happen there, that there will be, you know, some sort of demilitarized zone where Iran and Hezbollah aren't going to be on this new front. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yona, Jeremy, Bob, intelligence, terrorism and legal analyst for the Jerusalem Post. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Pleasure. Thank you. I hope you have a great time here in Detroit. Up next, we're going to talk with WDET's Anne DeLisi about her recent segment on Eminem's Lose Yourself, which turns 15 years old this week, and her interview with producer Luis Resto, who accepted the Oscar for that song. Stay with us on Detroit today.